1: And we're talking about her new book, In In Our Element, which is Soul Medicine to Unleash Your Personal Power. Lindsay um, has extensive training, including a Master of Arts from New York University, a Master of Science from Tri-State College of Acupuncture, and clinical training in traditional Chinese medicine. Uh, Kiko Matsumoto, and please tell me if I've pronounced it wrong, Style Japanese acupuncture and myofascial trigger points. Uh, her approach to soul medicine emerges, emerges from over 15 years of clinical practice and her PhD studies of indigenous and African diasporic psychology. Lindsay firmly believes that the power to heal should rest in the hands and hearts of all communities. Welcome to the show. Um, I am so glad to have you here. Your book is fascinating. I have to tell you, I love the cover. Do you have a book in front of you? I do. Will you hold it up? (laughs) You know, it is just beautiful. I mean, that alone will, you know, have a fly off the shelves. But what was in the book was so much more. But first I want to ask you, what brought you to, um, what brought you to, the, this kind of healing?
2: Uh, first, I just want to say thank you for having me here. And, you know, my journey with this medicine started um, about 20 years ago, I was in my early 20s. And I was diagnosed with premature ovarian failure. And mm-hmm. I was told that I can never have children. And I was devastated. Mm-hmm. And so that that crisis of my, that heartache, that heartbreak, that in some ways I felt betrayed by my body, by the spiritual realm. And so by life, life, you know, those moments when you're moving in one direction and then all of a sudden it's like someone slams on the brakes and takes a sharp right, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it felt like. And so I was really devastated. I was crying a lot and I, was visiting my sister-in-law at the time and she had a cabinet full of Bach flower remedies and she didn't tell me everything was going to be okay she didn't do all of the things that sometimes we do when we want someone to feel better she just started pulling out these flower remedies and mixing them up for me how did she
1: know about them
2: I don't know, you know, she's a longtime medicine woman, um, mm-hmm. so she just always, you know, she was like one of the first people that I knew to ever be into yoga, and so she was just that person in our family that just kind of knew things, you yeah, know.
1: her curiosity was there, so she followed it. Yes, and so learned she followed it, it so she yeah. always
2: just had things um, mm-hmm. to pull off the shelf, and so the flower essences really opened me to a new spiritual path and also attracted me to different healing modalities, including acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And so I had my first acupuncture treatment during this time. And I spent about two years doing spiritual work, yoga, meditation, flower essences. And it, it eventually, you know, turned into the birth of my, of my daughter, who's now uh, about to be 16 years old. Wow. And so that was the introduction. Yeah. And once I started using the medicine, I just got really curious because I, first I was like, well, why have I never heard of this before? Mm-hmm. And then it, it was just so fascinating. I was um, in a spiritual organization. We were learning about the five elements, doing Qigong exercises for emotional balance. And I got to this point in this process where I felt an alignment that said, it doesn't matter if you get pregnant. It doesn't matter if you have a baby, like trust the unfolding of your life.
1: That's a hard thing to do for people. Let's start there. You know, it's like we all want to do that. And it's uh, almost impossible to do that, especially for a New Yorker or New Jersey person. It really is. I would
2: not have gotten there on my own.
1: Which, by the way, you are New York, New Jersey, because, you know, the um, my audience might not know that.
2: Oh. (laughs) True and true, Sorry. true and yeah. true.
1: In case they don't recognize these accents. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> I don't even hear it anymore. Yeah,
1: I don't either. But other people tell me, have some coffee. <laughs> coffee, I guess, is a big giveaway.
2: <laughs> the word that I hear is water. Like I'm saying Water. Water. Yeah, you see, That's I don't see
1: asking. any problem with that.
2: See?
1: <laughs> I know, but I want to come back to because New Yorkers and and that East Coast were so mental mm-hmm. um, that it's hard to to trust the world to, yes. to leave it to the the spiritual realm to let right. go.
2: Really, to, to let, let go, go and to surrender, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it wasn't easy by, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, I would not have gotten to that place of acceptance Mm -hmm. without the work that I was doing with the soul medicine, with the flower Mm -hmm. essences, with the yoga, um, with the prayer and ritual, um, that was, that was really the game changer for me. I have to ask
1: a New York question how long did it take?
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
1: Before, you know, you actually were able to get pregnant. I mean, it took, uh, or or you could see that turn around.
2: It took me a year to get pregnant. And then unfortunately I, I miscarried Mm -hmm. and that was an even deeper devastation because, you know, the first time I was told I couldn't have children, it was the shock. Mm -hmm. This, when I miscarried it, felt like my faith had failed me.
1: Yeah. Oh. And yeah. I felt like I, I had been feeling. doing
2: all of this stuff for nothing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it was a real faith crisis, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um. And, and the flower essences supported me. And again, it wasn't like an overnight thing about mm-hmm. a month or two or three. <laughs> I don't even remember now after the miscarriage, I started to try again. Yeah, uh, and I started to. Uh,
1: there, there had to be a part of you that thought it was a win. The fact that you got pregnant,
2: it was. But there not was good enough, part, right? But not good enough <laughs> because it, you know, the the Western medicine world can be very damning, mm-hmm. and so there was this energy of, you know, it wasn't a viable pregnancy. You weren't really pregnant. Um, you know, this kind of disbelief. In the magic of what my body was trying to do. I remember there was one time I was seeing uh, a reproductive endocrinologist and, you know, my hormone levels were insane and Man. definitely should not have been able to get pregnant. And I I had been doing all this work to be in alignment and in tune and to listen to my body. And the the endocrinologist was like, no, you're not ovulating. I was like, I'm ovulating right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "No, you're not. It's impossible. Your FSH level is, you know, mm-hmm. postmenopausal." And I was like, "I promise you I'm ovulating." And then he did the sonogram and he said, "Oh, look, you're ovulating." And then <laughs> my mind I was like, I've only been saying it for 30 minutes, you right, know, right. but it it was that um so when I had the miscarriage, I had to battle against that that part of the medical world that I was working with in tandem with the other things that I was doing that said that was that kind of had this air of sea I told you right right and so they can't
1: even then I mean you're giving birth and they can't hear it you know
2: (laughs) it is weird and to
1: take on that establishment for no matter what we believe to walk away from the medical establishment or to take them on is very frightening It's, It's it's, you know, there are your experts in front of you. And, and at the same time, you're trying to pull away and do something else. But it's, I, I felt because I've done some of that and I find it very frightening to go against what you're being told.
2: It is. Um, And I, I think the, what I had to learn and still learning ongoing is how to trust the authority of my own destiny Mm-hmm. And to let that supersede what I'm seeing in the external. And that's true for my practice, for my work. It's trusting that everything that we can touch and experience in this physical world is subject to change. Mm-hmm. And, and really... Which is scary in
1: and of itself. <laughs>
2: which is scary in and of itself, but also can be inspiring if you feel stuck or if you feel like your job isn't working or your marriage isn't working or your children aren't working it's like oh all or of your this gut says
1: i'm not on the right path
2: or your gut and says your gut
1: says something's not not right i don't mean that in a in a doomsday way i mean just right. like uh, yeah, I'm, i i should be doing something else
2: that sense of yeah. alignment that calls for us right. right
1: so um in your book you talk about um you are not an element. You are all the elements. Mm-hmm. You know, that the you call it neo ancient. Yes. I believe. Tell me about that. Tell me. That. I like that word, but I <laughs> I couldn't quite wrap my head around it. But tell me about that.
2: So I call uh the folks that are drawn to my practice, that are drawn to this work, that are listening to this show. I call us neo ancient because. We're calling on some old world philosophies, right? We're calling on this uh, connection with the spiritual realm, connection with the natural world, this listening to intuition, this following our gut. This is all, all of this kind of work predates, you know, conventional medicine right so that's the ancient part we're pulling on these these philosophies of dynamism everything is energy everything is vibration everything shifts and changes and moves but we're bringing it forward in a new way mm-hmm. so that's the neo so we're taking this these old world philosophies these ancestral philosophies and we're bringing it forward to make it relevant in our current life and times so when i describe neo ancients you know there's there's the full gamut of folks that are really intentional about studying, you know, ancient philosophies, ancient spiritual systems. Then there's those of us who just have, you know, some essential oil sprays in our purse and we mm-hmm. use them to just calm down. And that's calling on an ancient wisdom. Right. You know, there's those of us that, you know, our schedules are so, so busy, but we maybe take five minutes in the morning for presence and for meditation um, and to be in the moment. That's an, that's an ancient philosophy. That's an ancient practice. And so that's what I mean by neo-ancient. It's taking all of these tools and what we call complementary and alternative medicine, which actually come out of um, indigenous spiritual systems and bringing it into, you know, 2022, 2023, 2025, New York, California, Colorado, wherever we find ourselves here Mm -hmm. and now, how do we adapt this medicine to make it work for us? And when we and, do that, we're bringing being... the
1: soul back into the body in a way. That's in right. your book, you took you quote um, Hippocrates. No, um, who did you quote? It, it, it was it was saying the worst thing that has happened is when we have removed the soul from the body. Yes, in medicine. Yes, I'm thinking. Was it right? Stop. You're the right. Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I I have a great memory. The retrieval uh, system isn't so good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love when I found that quote, I loved it because, you know, Hippocrates is considered the father of modern medicine and for to say very early on that, Hey, if we're separating the soul from this conversation, we're already starting off making a mistake and so that's what part of this work is, is, it's bringing the soul back, you know, the development of medicine in the Western world separated, you know, you have your cardiologist, you have your pulmonologist, right, you right. have, you know, your physical therapist, and then you have your priest, and then you mm-hmm. have your psychotherapist. And it's like the mind and the body and the soul are all split up right. into different places. And soul medicine recognizes and says, no, these are all one continuum of energy. And what you do to your body is going to affect your mind. What you do to your mind is going to affect your body. What's happening in your emotional space is going to affect your mind and your body. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's honoring that continuum.
1: Right. I am actually, I've come to the belief that fear is in the body and the mind is reacting to oh my God, where's the danger, (laughs) Right. you know, where uh, everybody acts like fear is in the mind and then Mm -hmm. the body reacts. And I think it might be different, you know, anyway, that was a little aside. There's one thing you said before I want to pick up on and let my audience know. I think this is very important. You said just five minutes in the morning. Mm -hmm. This doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can be small pieces. It is manageable. It's manageable. which is so important for people to hear because they get overwhelmed and think, I, I you know, I mean, I'm so busy. I don't have time, but mm-hmm. five minutes will do
2: it. Five um, minutes will do it. Yeah. I, I love to think of them. I call them my morning quickies, these little exercises that I do because our lives are busy and not all of us have the privilege of being able to spend four hours a day, doing meditation and in yoga. Mm -hmm. Not all of us have the privilege of being able to go on, you know, some excursion into the mountains or to a tropical island. And we don't have to, you know, nature is everywhere. The tools that I talk about, I call them soul first day because they are accessible because they are affordable and because they are easy to use. And that was really important to me to have suggestions that are practical. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have time to do an hour-long yoga sequence every morning, just do this one pose for two minutes when you wake up, mm-hmm. and and say this affirmation, and then you can walk with that energy throughout the day.
1: So, um, well, you talk about soul medicine, which we've been talking about, but and she, so you're. you talked in your book about yin and yang and actually i was surprised by some of what you were saying because i thought it was kind of reversed at times you know so um if you could talk a little bit about yin and yang because i actually at one point you said you need the yang to access the yin at times and that was one i stumbled over it's like oh my god how can that be (laughs) right (laughs) how come how come? Yang isn't isn't just beating up yin. <laughs> right.
2: Right. So if you
1: want to talk a little bit more about that because um it really was kind of an eye-opener to me sure. how you did talk about it.
2: So yin and yang are the two primal archetypal forces of creation, we would say, in an indigenous philosophy. So we see yin and yang, of course, in East Asian medicine. We also see yin and yang represented, and I talk about it in the book in a lot of different um, cultures of the old world. Um, divination systems like the do, do, fa, which is these patterns of light and dark, light and dark, yin and yang. And so we associate the yin with the forces of contraction and the forces of um, darkness and the moon and the emotional body. And then yin, I'm I'm sorry, yang is going to be um, associated with light and levity and things that move quickly and expand and those two forces yin and yang are equal and opposite so just like a coin you can't have yin without yang you can't have a coin with heads and without tails right they they belong together they support one another and so in order to really honor the yang you have to honor the yin and in order to honor the yin you have to honor the yang So a very practical example of that is when we think about the difference between intention and action. So we might have an idea to do something that's yang. Uh, We might have an affirmation. We might have an epiphany. We might have some insight. All of that is yang. But in order to bring it down into earth and to make it real, you have to do something with it. And that's the yin. So the yin is what gives substance and gives form to our ideas, and the yang is what gives light and gives awareness to our actions. And so they're always working together um, to create the life that we have. So when we want to manifest something, we have our yang, which is our intention, our goal, our vision. And then we have the yin, which is on the ground. What am I going to do on a daily basis to make this happen?
1: That's um, the way you pre- you just said it and you put it in the book, too. It's great because I knew they were, as you said, uh, two sides of the same coin. But I don't think I got it. You know, it was like ma- uh, masculine and feminine. Right. Which you talk about. Um, mm-hmm. But not like genders so my right. mind went to like genders you know right like one's mental and one's spiritual you mm-hmm. know like genders um so anyway and you also talk about uh the best medicine in the world and i'm going to mispronounce this as well as yang <laughs> um ying chi and shen Yes. Did I get it?
2: You got it. Oh you're, my god. Right. <laughs> <I'm>,
1: <laughs> thank God. <laughs> um spiritual body, higher consciousness, heaven is uh well. I'm giving it to you because I'll botch it. So you you tell me.
2: So East Asian philosophy has this uh this beautiful organization of chi or life force um, Mm -hmm. energy which is what we've been talking about and it organizes and it says that humans stand between heaven and earth that we are the bridge between heaven and earth and so um, heavenly chi or heavenly energy is the shen it's the light of the divine it's divine insight it's that spark of consciousness Um, and then jing is the substance the substances of the earth And then qi is, I think of it as breath or prana or love. It's that life force that is the mediator between the energies of heaven and the energies of the earth. And so even if we were to think about it as yin and yang, we could think of shen as being yang uh, Jing as being yin, and then the chi is the life force of the wheel that helps those two to interact together, and that's what we as humans have the potential to do—to turn that wheel of yin and yang to to create and to manifest things.
1: This is um. This is so much information. But the best part I loved in here is music is medicine. It was like, oh, this I can have <laughs> this I've got Um, because anybody can feel it. Anybody yeah. can feel how they become whole in music. They That's can, right. you know, in responding to music. So I love that music is healing medicine.
2: And it's you've used
1: f- it through your life.
2: I have. It's my favorite dare i say my favorite thing about the book and where that started i mean i grew up using music to make myself cry to make myself laugh to make myself mm-hmm. relax and i was doing some work in women's programs and in youth programs and i started making these five element playlists and i would play the the songs on the list and i would ask the students to just share what words come up for them what associations what do they feel you know just one <laughs> word answers you know and we would look at those words and it's almost like a collage that would say oh this is the wood element inspiration hope anger you know assertiveness and so this idea of music is medicine I started creating these playlists And I wanted to share them in the book because that is one of the ways that we can use this medicine in a very practical way. Like, oh, I'm in a wood element phase. Let me play this list of songs to boost that energy, that vibration within myself and to awaken it. And so I love the playlist. They're my favorite.
1: They are in in the book. But let's go to the elements now, because unless you want to talk about something else before we go to those, because in your book, you do have... The different elements and the um, the playlist and the flower essences and everything that supports that I got and then in there I got confused on the signatures so we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that, Mm -hmm. Um, but if you want to go into the elements now it'd be great.
2: Sure. So, to give a bit of an overview, um, in the book I talk about the soul lessons that each of the elements offers. So I can just give you a quick tour of the wheel, if that's okay. Uh, the we start with the water element. The water element is like a seed in the earth, and so that reflects in our psyche as these three soul lessons of create an oasis, which means to replenish yourself when you feel depleted. It translates into connecting to the source, which means coming back inside and tapping into your intuition and your your sacred connection. And then also with the water element, we learn that we are ancient, that we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors and everyone that has come before us. So that's the water element. Mm -hmm. Then coming out of the water element, that seed becomes a sprout and it pushes up. In, against the soil, against gravity and starts reaching for the light. And so the lessons that the wood element teaches us are that anger is the energy of change, that we need that, that force to rise up and push against the things that are holding us back. It teaches us to take a stand and to express ourselves and to live on purpose, to find our own greatness and to keep striving for that light. Then the next element in this wheel of the elements is the fire element so we go from a seed to a sprout to this brilliant flower blossom, which is the fire element, and the fire element teaches us that we are whole inside of ourselves that we are connected to a divine spark that there is power in our joy. So the fire element teaches us to tap into a joy of being alive. And it also teaches us how to appreciate just life on earth and having these five senses to experience um, ourselves as human, these divine beings in a human body. So then we go from the flower to the fruit, which is the earth element. And just like food, the earth element teaches us how to nurture ourselves and each other as part of the human family. It teaches us how to um, honor the forces of creation and how to treat our body as a temple, take care of our bodies, to love our bodies. We learn all of that, how to nurture ourselves and others through the earth element. And then finally, we end the cycle with the metal element, which I think of as the apple falling from the tree and starting to compost. And so the metal element is this sacred element that teaches us about reverence for time and how to transcend from being a physical body to a spiritual being, to let go of the physical. And in some ways it's associated with death, this, trans, this transition from the the physical to the spiritual, but it really teaches us how to honor the present moment, how to breathe into the present moment, because we only have right now as promised, and the presence is a gift. So then from there, the cycle starts all over again, we go back to spirit, and then we become a seed again. And that cycle of life continues. And the elements show up to reflect those cycles in our own psychology, in our own um, soul earn, um, yearnings and our own desires and the phases that we go through in life.
1: You know, I am, and this is where I'm going to jump in to take a break. <laughs> so we've had the introduction to the elements. When we come back, we're going to delve into each element and how to find out what element you are at the moment, because you do change. You okay. do change. I changed. Within 24 hours, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay, and we'll be right back.
0: One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to a view through the veil at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: Hi, we're back with Lindsay Leroy. I'm going to make her say it. I don't know why I have <laughs> trouble with this. Tell me your name.
2: <laughs> My name is Lindsay Fauntleroy.
1: Isn't that an easy name? Why am I stumbling? But at any rate, thank you for saying that. And we're talking about her new book in our element, which is soul medicine to unleash your personal power. We've been talking about the elements, and um, we're going to go back to the, these fascinating subjects, and of course, we want to know which is our element. <laughs> That's
2: right. So, that is yeah. always the question, and and one of the first things that I'll say is that this five element system is specific and unique to East Asian medicine and acupuncture theory, so some of us know our astrology chart and we might say, oh, I'm a water sign or I'm a fire sign. This is not that system. So mm-hmm. it doesn't translate over. And one of the things that is- So
1: it's not astrology based it's, at all.
2: It's not it's not um, Greek astrology, which is the, the system that we often use when we're talking about astrology and our sun sign and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is specific to East Asia. And within this five-element system, what's really beautiful about it is that we're not any one element. We are all of the elements. And the word for five elements in uh, the language in its origins is called wujing, which actually means five changes or transformations. So what we're looking at when we're trying to find our element is which phase am I in? What season of my soul am I experiencing that I can align with to really manifest my goals and to move through this, the places where I feel stuck? And so in the book, I walk us through a process. And I, just to give a few examples, you know, I've had, uh, I've had patients that have come in when they're experiencing um, the loss of a loved one. And they're being forced to reckon with their grief And to really redefine their relationship with the spiritual world. That's a metal phase. That's not who they are. It's what they're experiencing and what energies are moving through them. And so through working with the elements, they learn this, the gift of the metal element, which is to be in the present moment, like we talked about before, Mm -hmm. to have reverence for the spiritual realm through this experience of, of loss, Mm-hmm. Or I've worked with women who were trying to get pregnant, which is, of course, what brought me to. That's this your medicine. thing,
1: yeah. And I meant <laughs> to ask you earlier: Do you work with a lot of people who are doing in vitro?
2: It comes up an awful lot.
1: Yeah, it's, and it's pretty widespread at this. It's point.
2: it's a pretty common medical problem. practice, yes. and especially with acupuncture because acupuncture is so supportive of IVF and that process but I had one patient that um, really stands out to me that she came in and she was really working a lot with the earth element. It was showing up for her. She was renegotiating some things with her relationship with her mother. Mm
0: -hmm. She
2: was living in the US, but she wasn't from the US. She was um, from overseas. She was from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And so we were working with the earth element And in that process, she decided to go home and visit her family in New Zealand. and Which is a
1: long way away. That's a big separation from family.
2: (laughs) That's a big separation from family and from land, lands of origin. And that's one of the the keynotes or signatures of the earth element. And as fate and life and the stars would have it, she ended up conceiving while she was in New Zealand. So this is how this medicine works. It all kind of weaves together and ties together. So from that perspective, how do you know which element to work with? So the process that I take you through in the book, and this first step is, I think, the most important. Mm -hmm. The first thing is deciding what it is that you want to work on. Because our potential is unlimited. There's so many aspects of ourselves that we can transform, we really have to hone in and say, okay, this month I'm focusing on my finances. This month I'm focusing on the relationship with my children or whatever it is. It's leaning in and choosing one thing to work on.
1: But I have to bring this part up because this, when I stumbled over, Mm -hmm. um, fell down over, let's be honest, (laughs) (laughs) was what I want to work on, what my mind tells me I'm into. And yet when I looked at um, the synchronicities, the, mm-hmm. the, how I was reacting to the world, things like this, it was different. Right. So, so it was um, what, what I wanted and what was you know, mm-hmm. were different. And right. in your book, it brought it out. It showed me, you know, are you showing frustration a lot or are you showing anger a lot? So I I just wanted to point that out where you're saying, well, pick something that you want to work on. Well, you can pick something you want to work on, but your spirit is saying we're working on something else. That's right.
2: And that's one of the things in that chapter where it's called working with the elements and like this, this chapter that kind of walks you through the process one of the things that I ask you is, you know, there's this chart and you have to rate these different areas of your Mm -hmm. life. And it's like, okay, this is stressful. This is working well, fine. And you go through that with all these different areas. And then one of the questions is what takes up space when you're trying to do other things. Mm -hmm. And that's where that intuition comes up. Like I know intellectually I should be working with my finances, my finances, I rated as a one. It's super stressful. But yeah. this other thing is really capturing my heart. That's the thing to work on. The mm-hmm. piece that's like holding your heart. And then the next question after you choose that area is, how do you feel? Yeah. Which speaks to what you were saying. Is it a sense of hope? Is it a sense of loss? Is it frustration? Is mm-hmm. it fear? depression? Is it fear? Yeah. And so I outline with each of the elements, the core emotions that show up. So Mm -hmm. your step one is deciding what you're going to work on Mm -hmm. (laughs) loosely. Step two is, well, how do I feel about this thing when I'm honest with myself, when I'm quiet with myself? Mm -hmm. And it's really getting out of our mind of what we think we should be doing and what our soul and spirit is working on, whether we're on board or not.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah, yeah. What's real. (laughs) Yeah. And you talk about getting to the why of it. I don't know if I'm jumping around and you're sorry.
2: No, you're, you're right on, you're right on cue. It's what's your why, mm-hmm. why, 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 why do you want to work on this? And that brings you to the gifts of each of these elements. Each of them has its own magic, its own uh, thing that it awakens for us. And so I can give the example for my own personal life. I have um, worked with my relationship with my body and over the past 20 years been in and out of different like weight loss regimens and you know tracking calories and cutting this food right. and cutting that food and so when i got to this question of okay i want to work on my body
1: fine. I want to lose I, weight. <laughs> I want to lose weight. Blah,
2: blah, <laughs> yeah. blah. Everybody's blah. And then I got
1: get, that one. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's got that one,
2: right? It's just the, the waters we swim in the society we live in. And so when you get to the why, the why is like, okay, why do you want to lose weight? Okay. I want to lose weight. Okay. Then you ask yourself why again, but why, why do you want to lose weight? Mm-hmm. And you keep asking yourself this why until you get to the truth. So for me, it's not, it wasn't about just losing weight to lose weight because I felt fine. I felt beautiful. It. When I got down to the why, my why was really about feeling more sensual and about feeling more vibrant and alive. Mm-hmm. And that pointed me to the fire element because okay. the fire element is what awakens that joy and that feeling of energy and feeling vibrant. So once I knew what my why was, I knew where to go and I knew which medicine to work with. And that brought mm-hmm. me to the fire element. So in the, in the book, I walk you through that process of choosing what you want to work on, choosing how you feel, seeing where it's showing up in your life and then finding that purpose. What is it that you really want to awaken on a soul level that is going to transcend whatever it is um, that's happening in your physical life? So mm-hmm. if you're working with your fear and anxiety maybe you're calling in the gift of the water element which is trust and surrender and alignment.
1: What's in the fire element that that you said okay I'm working now I'm working with the fire element. What is in the fire element that
2: In the fire element what really called me was this sense of confidence mm-hmm. and a sense of you know not hiding. You know, the fire element is like the sun. It shines brightly. It's like a flower. It it attracts things. It magnetizes things. There's a juiciness and a joy that comes to the fire element. And I realized I'm like, that's what I want to feel, regardless of what my body looks like. You Mm -hmm. know, I want to feel magnetic. I want to feel vibrant. I want to feel energized. I want to feel like I have energy to go running or go swimming or do all those things. Right. So that was my why. And the fire element offers that gift.
1: And I want to see, feel seen. Too, I want really. to feel
2: seen. Yeah. I want to feel seen and I don't want to hide. Yes. You know, so there was an aspect in my own journey where I was hiding from myself, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was through my body or, you know, being shy and timid in spaces or, you know, not speaking up for myself. And that was what I wanted to change. I wanted to step into a room and, and feel like I belong there. And that was, that's part of what the fire element offers. And so my soul work for that, that time, what I thought was about losing weight was really about showing up and being seen and being bi- vibrant. And that became the focus of, of my work with that element.
1: Um, you talk about signatures in the book, and I kind of didn't understand that. In, yeah, in this example can you tell me what signatures
2: are Sure so signatures come out of a uh, classical chinese medical practice and in each of the element there are these classical signatures that relate to seasons that relate to um emotions certainly is what comes up other signatures in, include color and sound and vibration and so in this example one of the signatures of the fire element is joy mm-hmm. and so how i was almost in a state of depression you know coming into that particular journey of um just feeling weighted down and the fire element its signature is is levity is being really light um one of the signatures is the summertime and so I noticed that there was, you know, during the summer when everyone is usually very exuberant and going out to parties and just being very young, as we talked about before, I noticed that that's when I would withdraw and I would feel like I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be outside. I don't want to see anyone. So that's a signature, right? It's coming up in the summer. Um, there's something there that I can look at. Um, another signature that shows up in the fire element and and in all of the elements is a sound. And so in East Asian medicine, we say that each element has a sound that will show up in the quality of someone's voice. Mm -hmm. So someone with a very fire voice tends to sound like they're laughing and smiling when they're talking. And someone without fire in their voice, just kind of, their voice is kind of flat. And you just don't really hear any joy. Yeah, And the way I translate that in the book is through the music, mm-hmm. you know, so that vibration of fire, which is very joyful and elevated and sensual, you know, I started pulling out my fire element playlist when I was going through this journey and really tapping into those feelings of exuberance and sensuality and vitality. I have to point
1: out too, in your book with every element, you have a playlist to support it. Yeah, which is great.
2: (laughs) And it's a growing list. You know, I'm always listening to music and say, oh, that's a great fire element song. Oh, that's a great earth element song. And I, I like to think of the playlist in the book as a springboard. And my hope is that, you know, everyone will start creating their own element playlists and we'll be able to share them and learn new music as we dance and and embody these elements in our neo-ancient world
1: yeah now did you um for the why every time I've had to deal with um it was always somebody else who was pushing me to get to the core of the why Mm -hmm. can you do that yourself or do you need somebody else can you you know find your element and all of that. Can you do it yourself?
2: I, th- I think that we can, if we are able to um, commit mm-hmm. to the process, I think that's where the accountability comes in is in the commitment. So it's not just asking yourself why, it's maybe asking yourself why every day for seven days and mm-hmm. journaling about it until you really get to the core and not letting yourself give up on yourself. Uh, a lot of times this work works really beautifully if you're doing it with a close friend yeah. so that you can ask each other and challenge each other and say, okay, tell me why again. Tell me yeah. why one more time. And yeah. sometimes that relationship will bring it out a little bit faster, but not all of us have those kinds of relationships where we can do that in a work. It can be too vulnerable can Mm -hmm. be very vulnerable so that's when you know your journal um if you're not into journaling you can ask yourself on those like little voice memo recordings on your your phone you just every day okay why do I want this again and answer it Mm -hmm. and then the next day ask yourself why again and it's amazing how much when we're really getting intimate with ourselves and our own inner world, that these things start coming up out of our body, out of our wisdom, out of our intuition, so that we can see it and work with it.
1: Mm-hmm. You, you put, um, the elements with, with, um, seasons. Yes. Actually that kind of, sun, that, that was great. One of them winter. I, I think it was wood, but I'm not sure. Water, water. Where uh, oh yeah, that's uh, where it goes to the deepest part, and it yeah. and it withdraws, and it you know all of that, and and I found that really helpful to explain spring when you're starting to sprout and all of those things, those right. the, the elements. It it to me it helped. Oh, now I have it. Um, and the colors you have a color you have energetic core the core emotion. What was mm-hmm. the core emotion in fire?
2: The core emotion, it's it's actually two. It's joy and love. Mm-hmm. And so the emotion and the energetic tied together because when we're in the fire element and it's flowing through us correctly, we feel an openness and an expansion in our heart, which feels like love or joy or exuberance. And when the fire element is blocked, we feel kind of a tightening or a wall around our heart or Mm -hmm. constricted through our heart center. And so the emotions become prescriptive. And similarly with water, when we feel that sinking feeling like something, you said it earlier, you know, fear is in the body. Mm -hmm. You know, so when we feel that like pit drop in our stomach, or when we walk into a place that we know isn't safe, and our body responds first, and then Mm -hmm. we start to interpret what it is that we're feeling. Um, that's the water element, you know, that dropping that sinking that, you know, maybe it's the hairs on your arms start to stand right. up or you feel right. something in your back that just makes you hypervillagent. Mm-hmm. That's the water element.
1: That's you water know what, element. now we're going to do a little segue here because you're bringing me into you have the different bodies. Yes. You talk about the different bodies. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk a little bit about that? Like, how do you know? How do we know danger when our eyes don't see danger?
2: Right. You know, things like that. So in um, indigenous medicine, we have this concept of the subtle body. And different uh, systems refer to the subtle body at, in different ways. In East Asian medicine, we talk about the meridians. In yoga therapy, we talk about the the nadi, these these channels. um in African spirituality, we might talk about the Ka or the the shadow body. The way that I talk about it in the book is I explain that there are these four levels. The first level is our our physical body which is beholden to the five senses it's all the things that we can hear taste smell see and touch i think i got all five mm-hmm. right so that's the concrete world that's the physical body like you said in your example when you see something and you know it's a threat that's the that's the physical but if we step beyond the physical and the circumstantial we come to this etheric body this emotional body, this electromagnetic energy. And the way I describe the electromagnetic body is if you've ever felt someone staring at you Mm -hmm. and then you turn around and you see someone, you know, when you just kind of feel something or that feeling that you get when you know it's about to rain. Mm-hmm. Animals have an extremely activated etheric body. They're always kind of sensing things and you're like, what are you looking at? But they feel it. It's a feeling body. And that's where our emotional body is. That's where music touches. That's the etheric body. And then if we get a little more ephemeral, um, we come to our astral body mm-hmm. um, our or our mental body, Some some folks call it. And that's our thoughts and our perceptions. That's the the window through which we see the world. Uh, Some folks would align their astrological personality with this astral body. Um, Or if you're into um, archetypal or depth psychology, you might say I'm aligned with the hero archetype or something like that. That's the astral body. And then the, the last or first, if you will, body is the spiritual body, which is our essential divinity. And how we connect to that is through prayer or chanting or ritual or any of the other ways that we connect to the divine. And that's the part of our body that is our destiny. And so when we align with our destiny through working with the physical, the etheric, and the astral planes, we feel that sense of alignment, that our life is unfolding as it should, that we are living the purpose that we're intended to live and all of those things. In
1: your book, um, and I don't remember whether you quoted somebody or not, but it's human beings cannot know their destiny. Hmm. Do you think that's true? For the most Uh, part. I mean, every now and then you have a one-off and he knows.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: We're not talking about him.
2: (laughs) Yes. I I think that it's such a tough question because the – span of the human experience is so vast. In traditional um, African diasporic medicine, this idea that you can see a part of your destiny, but maybe not the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's like we're not meant to know everything. And what's beautiful in the African spiritual traditions, you say that, you know, before you come to earth, you sign up, for your your mm-hmm. path you sign up for the things that you're going to do you sign up for the people who are going to be there to that. support yeah. you
1: you you plot out everything you want to experience you plot, you plot it, it all and out everything else is to support that yeah
2: exactly you sign the contract <laughs> and then you come on down through the womb right and then you forget it all Right, right.
1: right. Because so otherwise we're... nobody would live long enough to do it. Everybody would be out of here by the age of four. Exactly. Oh, next time. We'll do it next.
2: Time. And I have friends, you know, I have a dear sister that like I she parted um very early in life. And I just feel like she just came in with such a force and just nailed her destiny and just went on back to do yeah. it again. A little and too so...
1: efficient for the rest <laughs> of us.
2: <laughs> right. And so to that question, can we know our destiny I don't think we're meant to know the whole thing. I, I personally believe that we're meant to take the step that's next for us in front of us. So we see enough mm-hmm. to take each step. And when we get stuck, when we can't see it in the spiritual traditions, that's where you turn to um, things like divination. That's when you turn to prayer. That's when you go see your, uh, your, your whoever is your spiritual authority um, to get insight
0: mm-hmm. into
2: that next step. But I know that it's just like you said. If I could see my whole path in front of me, it would be paralyzing, right? And would so be gone.
1: Would be gone. Be gone. <laughs> but I do yeah.
2: think when we're going off track, we mm-hmm. get these messages, right? And and tuning into those messages, sometimes they show up as emotions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they show up as feeling blocked, like you're trying to make something happen and it just keeps not happening and so part of my surrender and life lesson these days is when something isn't working don't force it just mm-hmm. allow it to redirect you into where that energy and she is is already behind you and and flowing um and to so take a
1: look at the synchronicities
2: the synchronicities yeah. to watch the breadcrumbs yeah, I, yeah. I, one of my students called them called synchronicity the breadcrumbs of the divine
1: you know, the trail. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah,
2: yeah. It's this idea that, like, you get little hints of, Mm -hmm. like, just keep walking this way. Oh, nope, don't go over there. That's not for you. That door's closed. These doors over here are open.
1: And then to accept it, that's the big one, because a lot of times we want to go over there. No, no, I want that over there. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, nope,
1: it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. And in this lifetime, the other thing I noticed too is I've always believed you don't know your life at all until you look back. People who are Mm -hmm. trying to plan, it's a joke. You know, when you look back, Steve Jobs, I think this is true. Steve Jobs said, You hope when you look backwards that the dots connect.
2: (laughs) Yes. And I feel like that is so true for my life. I first of all, I could never have planned mm-hmm. this, right. this, I, I would, if I had looked back to my 15, 16, 17 year old self, nowhere in my radar, was there anything about holistic health and healing or writing a book or any of those things. But what's funny is that when I was in college, I was studying fashion.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Random, right? right. I was studying fashion and design and my very first fashion show on my college campus was based on elements. And I oh, use wow. And Talk about
1: dragging you in.
2: <laughs> you can't plan it forward, but yeah. when you look back, do the dots connect, and we do end up where we're supposed to be.
1: Yeah, you can only see it looking back, though. And before we go on, there are a few things I want to say, and we're running out of time. One thing I want to point out in your book that I thought was fabulous— was the prayer board versus the vision board. And I think that is so important because I always look at manifesting. We don't know. We don't want to make it too small. But right. I have to I have to stop and ask you to let everybody know where we can get hold of you and your book and what you have coming up.
2: Thank you so much. So the best place to find me is on my website, which is thespiritseed.org. Uh, that's where you can find the book. That's where you can find classes that we teach year-round um, to get into the elements and to... And you'll into teach the plant on Zoom
1: as well, so you don't have to be physically present.
2: That's right. Uh, this pandemic has really opened up our our online our world community, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's been really great. We have students in every different time zone, multiple countries, it's been really amazing to see these elements show up in these different ways around the world. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lindsay Font. So that's Lindsay with an A and mm-hmm. then Font is in Font Leroy. And I would love to connect with you, hear how you're working with these elements, see what's showing up for you and, and continue these conversations.
1: And you're still working with people who are doing um... Fertility issues and all of that. You're still working with everybody with that.
2: I am. I do see a small number of uh, clients virtually, mm-hmm. um, where we meet twice a month to uh, work through this these inner soul changes and right. transform. And we use flower essences. We use all of the tools that I talk about in the book. We use herbs, acupressure, you name it. We mm-hmm. we align it and support folks in their healing journey
1: great. Lindsay, thanks so much for being on the show. I have loved it. <laughs> and, so fun, and you. you know, it's been great. So thank you and have a great weekend.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Bye bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for metaphysics A View through the veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.